Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi, as we continue our 20th anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host... Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a wonderful show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi. Don, welcome back to Straight Talk. Nice to be back, Art. I think you've been here at least a dozen times. At least. We always many, many, many years back. So. We always enjoy your visit. And uh, this year, of course, times are a bit tough. So let's spend a f moment talking about the budget situation of L.A. County. It's something we talk about every day, so I'm, I'd be glad to do it. Uh, how bad is it, and what's the fix? Well, w w you know, fortunately for the county of Los Angeles, the, let's start it this way, uh, on a positive note. Uh, we are in much better shape than other either entities or particularly the state of California. We saw this coming a number of years ago where everybody's excited about the increase in property taxes and saw, you know, 15% increases, and everybody said, yeah. Then all of a sudden it was 13%, and everybody else is saying, yeah, we saw it as a 2% decrease. So we started putting money aside during the good times. And it has been an absolute lifesaver for the county of Los Angeles. Since January of 2009, we have plugged almost $800 million worth of holes. Uh, holes being mandates from the state and federal government, but lack of funding. And you've plugged it with these reserves with that the you reserves. built up in the good times. And we still have some reserves left. The problem we're, go we're facing, obviously, is that with the state shortfall, um, we don't know what is on the horizon, and we only got so much left in our reserve pot. So the next cuts could be very, very significant. And keep in mind, even though everybody talks about us being big, we're big. We're the largest county in the nation. We have a $26 billion budget, but about 95% of that budget are mandated programs really passed through dollars. So we get to play around with about 5%. Uh, and so when the state cuts a mandated program, they don't say cut the program. They say cut the dollars. It's really outrageous 
what the, the state government is dysfunctional. I've said it here before, say it again. And the idea of, of counties and cities and school districts balancing their budget, not easily, but doing it, and then the state comes in and grabs, it's entirely unacceptable. And, and twice we've had to go to the ballot to protect those dollars. And when we went the first time for Proposition 1A, and then the state said, okay, you protected those dollars, so we're going to go after these dollars. Yeah. And so it's been a very, very unfair issue. And, you know, for years it wasn't an issue of revenue. It was the issue of how much they were spending. You know, when they had 28% increase in revenue, they were spending it at 40% clip. So, you, you know, it's just like balancing your own home budget. And it's been very frustrating for those of us in local government. Obviously, the impacts to us are huge because, you know, our caseloads as it relates to welfare, food stamps generally, they all go up during very difficult times. At the county and the cities, that's where right. the rubber hits the road. Exactly. And the cities and the school districts and community college districts all being treated very unfairly, I think. I mean, we're trying to be partners in all this. You know, we've, we've done certain things. We've offered assistance here or there because we don't just want to sit there and take shots right. at the state. We want to be a player and a partner, but you have to work with us. And now we're going through this realignment. Yeah, and speaking about the realignment, uh, the state has decided to release a whole bunch of nonviolent prisoners mm -hmm. that are going to go to the county and, I guess, county jails, really. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you uh, handling that? Well, it's, it's going to be a difficult situation for us. We have supposedly guaranteed funding for the first nine months, but not beyond that. Uh, we expect anywhere from seven to 10,000 prisoners, you know, the first year. The issue that we have in realignment is, one, is there's no constitutional guarantee, which we're trying to work on, on the protection of those dollars coming to the counties, not just L.A. County, but all 58 counties in the state of California. To me, it's a very, very huge concern. It could be, you know, one person falls through the cracks. I mean, when we started this process out, the problem we had was the state looks at it as they have a federal mandate saying, well, you have to release 30,000 prisoners. Okay, so they're just looking at a number 30,000. We, though, have to receive that. So the domino effect of all this, as you bring these prisoners in, we're having to let other lower offenders out, trying to make room for those. Bottom line, are dangerous prisoners going to be released as a result of this whole thing? I think they could be. I mean, that's, that's the issue that we don't know. I mean, we're trying to get as much information on each of these. They were just originally going to send us, you know, uh, little check boxes that said had mental health issues. Well, are they on medication? What have they been treated for? What kind of, you know, I mean, the whole thing. So we're trying, we've got a whole team that we had to put in place to review each one of these cases as these yeah. people come into. Plus, they're obligated to report. Are they going to report? That's the other issue. We don't know that. So at the end of the day, it's a very, puts us all in a very difficult position. And this is happening at the very same time as there apparently is a serious problem in the county jails. And uh, Sheriff Baca uh, has been uh, much in the news on this. And there's been a citizens commission that your board of supervisors has created to look to look into right. it, but but there's there is a problem there. Well, there there's an issue, a cultural issue, I think that we have to deal with. We're trying to look at it. Has it been um, because we've lowered the expectations or requirements for hiring to bring more deputy sheriffs? Or is it the fact that when a deputy graduates from the school from the the deputies of the sheriff's school, they go right into the jails to the worst of the worst instead of out to the streets. Um, do we need a, you know, a, a better trained force? But you accept of, the fact that there is a problem. There. We accept the fact that there is a yes. problem. I mean, we pay out because there's a problem. And, yeah. um, by the way, uh, my appointee to that commission is... Couldn't be better. 
police chief of Long Beach, uh, Mr. Jim McDonald. So I'm honored that he accepted and that the city manager allowed him to serve on this. Well, we, we have the best police chief you could ask for, and uh, L.A.'s loss was our game. Absolutely, here. and I was proud to be a part of that yeah, selection process, yeah, too, even yeah. though it took some heat at the time. Absolutely. But, I mean, you know, this realignment thing, it, it could be a very significant issue because, as I said, the domino effect of all this, not only just dealing with prisoners and somebody slipping through the cracks and doing something bad, when you put all these other people into system and you move the other people out, all of a sudden it's a spike in our welfare issues. It's a spike in our food stamp issues. You know, it's a spike in our general relief issues. So all these are net dollar impacts to the counties here in the state of California. And for us, I mean, you know, maybe 10,000 going to be released, but we'll see what happens. I love to share one number with you. Uh, this man represents over 2 million constituents. That's more than most United States senators. Well, and governors. And governors. Yeah. And, so uh, it's, uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. So, I mean, all these things, and, and they all fall under mandates. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. We don't get to talk about Afghanistan or Iraq. We have to deal with the real well, war right I, here in the state. I have a little principle here. No mandates without money. If state wants to mandate stuff, send the money so you can fulfill the mandate. Well, and, and we've asked for that, and we've asked for that at the federal level as well, too. And, and the issue is everybody agrees to it, so they send the money for two years, and then they have their own issue, they pull the money back. Oh. In-home supportive services, a classic example in the county of Los Angeles, you know, where these people that, you know, work with the people that have your homebound and those, and it's a very difficult job. When we started out that program and agreed to do it, it was 100% funding from the state. We're down to about 10% now. We're picking up 90% of the cost. Okay, well, we continue this discussion, but first we pause for these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life. Powered by Edison. This is Doug Albrecht sharing with you just one of the 100 centennial moments we chose to mark this special occasion. The Port of Long Beach was born when Charles Wyndham purchased 800 acres of mudflats in the San Pedro Bay, where the LA River meets the sea. Today, the port covers 3,200 acres of land and spans 35 miles of waterfront. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our Customer Service Center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. 
Continue our conversation with L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi. Don was good enough to write a guest column in a recent issue of the Straight Talk magazine on redistricting. Uh, and uh, there was uh, much in the news, the redrawing of the districts, including Don's district, and there was a real clear and present danger that you were going to lose Long Beach and other important parts of your district because the, the claim was that... Uh, there needed to be additional, quote, Hispanic district, and uh, that would have involved uh, you losing a lot of your current district. And fortunately for you, and I think for us, it stayed basically where it is. But just for the record, you enunciated the principle that if you represent people for a long period of time, uh, that should continue unless there's pressing reason not to. And second, and you made this point, I thought, very vividly, that you don't have to be uh, of a certain ethnic group to represent adequately that group, but speak to that point. Well, I think, first of all, I mean, it was a very uh, difficult time, I think, in, in our county's history trying to deal with an issue that I thought was uh, setting us back 30 or 40 years and started trying to create a racial divide. And, you know, when you're elected and you represent 2 million people, uh, whether you're Latino, Asian, American, whatever it may be, you represent all the people. Uh, and it's an absurd comment to say that because of me being white and a male that I can't represent other ethnic groups. And I think it, it really spoke to the point when people came out to support the plan that, that we presented. Uh, and they were of all ethnic backgrounds. And we actually had people testifying that needed interpreters. Uh, it was a real backlash to the Asian Americans who strongly supported my plan because the plan, other plans before us, um, to create that second Latino district really impacted and, and diluted the Asian-American population throughout our great county, the most diverse county in America. Uh, my district's very, very diverse. Uh, and so it was one that we had to put a plan together. I've taken on additional Latino populations. I picked up Santa Fe Springs and the rest of unincorporated Whittier, which have very high Latino populations. I had to give up Westchester to do that. Uh, but the plan went into effect here recently. Uh, and whether it be a lawsuit or not, we don't know yet. Uh, but I think we're beyond that, and we get to deal with the issues. It must have been forward. very moving to you to see the minority communities come out and the ethnic communities come out in support of you. It was really overwhelming at times because I had no idea they were coming. Uh, in, you know, and I saw, I mean, our hearings, that was probably the best example of democracy yeah. that I've seen play out. Even though at times it got racially a little ugly, the majority of the time, the people were very present. They had very passionate thoughts. Uh, we filled the chambers. There were thousands of people. We had overflow crowds. Every public hearing that we had. I mean, yeah. it was a classic case of democracy and work. I have interviewed hundreds of elected officials over this 20 years that we've been on air. And I can tell you that there are a handful that are not only liked but beloved. And Don's one of them. Thank you, Art. Appreciate yeah. that. Looking for the next election. June 2012, you have said, this is my last election. Well, it is, and, and it's, it's my last election, uh, but, uh, you know, it's because of term limits, too. And we do have term limits, three terms. I'm in the middle, finishing up my second term, and I'll be running for my third term under term limits. And so term limits will take me out in 2016. So uh, we're gearing up. Uh, we will be running as hard as we did in 1996 when we first ran uh, for our June 2012 election. We're preparing for it. We're working hard, and you know me. I leave no stone unturned. Well, you don't seem to have lost any of your enthusiasm or passion for what you're doing. Well, I think 
You know, Art, the great thing about my job is that I don't have to get caught up in partisan politics. Uh, I don't have a, a Republican caucus or a Democratic caucus telling me what to do. At the end of the day, our Board of Supervisors, you looked at it, regardless, there's three Democrats and two Republicans. The majority of our votes are 5-0 or 4-1 every once in a while. The only time we split down lines is usually something that's on the ballot. At the end of the day, our job is to fix the problems. Yeah. We are where the rubber meets the road. We are the ultimate Washington, safety. listen to this man. <laughs> Sacramento, listen to this man. Solve problems. Exactly. Stop this partisan So, I mean, whatever they, whatever they do, and then they have their personal battles, and you can't get anything done, at the end of the day, that kicks back to us, mm -hmm. and so we have to respond to that, and we can't get caught in that debate. We have to fix the problem, move the dollars around, and make sure that we serve the people. You won't want to miss the next segment, because in honor of our 20th anniversary, we've asked Don Kanabi to be the guest host, and we will switch seats, and I will be the guest. Stay with us. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! Alright, you little trail sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. Welcome back. Uh, this is Straight Talk with Don Canavi, Los Angeles County Supervisor. Uh, I'm the uh, guest host tonight, uh, but I have an opportunity to uh, share with all of you, interview the legendary Art Levine. Uh, welcome to the show, Art. Thank you, Don. We're so happy to be here. Are you? You're really happy. <laughs> you are, huh? A little bit nervous, but I was happy. just commenting to some folks. I mean, you know, this microphone, you've made it an icon here in Long Beach, and I know that... Uh, you know, let me begin by, first of all, congratulations on 20 years of straight talk. And um, it's been a fun 20 years for a lot of people. Now, some people have been uncomfortable in that seat. And, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you've had a very, very positive influence on the community. And you should be congratulated for that. Thank, thank you, Don. And, you know, you've, 
obviously cover the issues of Long Beach and the region and the state and even the nation from time to time. Is, is there something that uh, really sticks out, uh, an issue that over the 20 years that uh, really meant more to you personally, uh, that you, you had to be your objective Art Levine straight talk interviewer, but you felt in your heart, you felt a passion for this, and you wanted your own answers? Well, it deals with the area of ethics and values. I think underlying so much of our problems are ethics and values or lack of ethics. So when a, when a guest is commenting on something involving an, an ethical principle, it, 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 it rings very near and dear to me. Well, I mean, here you've interviewed all these folks uh, yeah. from all these political offices. You ever gonna run for office? No, they've, they've asked, and I've really preferred Don to sit at this desk and do what I do than to, to hold office. And I, I respect tremendously people like yourself that do go into the political arena and, and do the things you have to do. And we need good people to do that. But it, it's just not for me. I'm not a committee person. I'm not a chicken dinner person. I kind of fly well, solo. A lot of chicken dinners with me. So, uh, I I know, mean, I know. so if there's one thing you could wave a wand, what would you change in Long Beach? Wow. One thing, not, not multiple. This, this is not multitasking, one thing. I would change the psychology of the city that we are a wonderful, first-rate city, and we don't need gimmicks to be good. Awesome. So you're a professor at Cal State here in Long Beach. Um, what are some of the issues or what's your, what is the one subject you really enjoy sharing with the students? It's ethics again. I teach law, and I also teach ethics. And I have found in many ways teaching ethics there's more, a lot of jokes about ethics in lawyers. I know, lawyers I know, I know. And I'm writing a book there. on ethics in America, and it's going to be a short book and all that. But no, I think values are so important, underlying so many of our problems, both personally and professionally and nationally, are ethics, lack of ethics, the wrong ethics. A couple of things quickly, too. Uh, you uh, created this Distinguished Speaker Series. Is there one speaker that really stands out that you were thrilled to have? We, I'm thrilled with all of them. Which of your children do you like the best or love most? But this last uh, month, Juan Williams was here. He was fantastic. Yeah. We didn't have as large an audience as I had hoped, but Juan was engaging and was wonderful. Well, I, I truly enjoyed the one with Les Josephson as well. Michael too. Josephson, Michael's yeah, Josephson. yeah absolutely. Me. That was our an first, old running back anyway. But, uh, <laughs> our first on ethics. Yeah, on ethics. He was very good. Well, let's, so we're going to switch a little bit from politics and teaching and professionalism. Uh, you've had a very significant change in your life here the last few months. Uh, and a very special lady has entered your life. She has indeed. And uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that uh, uh, Diane and I are, are engaged now. Yeah, we're all excited for you. Uh, there are those of us that... Uh, didn't think, think it would happen. Didn't think it would happen, but we, we also think that, you know, I mean, we're talking about an extreme makeover. Diane has done wonders for you. Yes, you I, think, I, would you I've, agree? Been, I've been told that. Camera, would you agree with that? I, I, I'm into that, and uh, I am very blessed to have a woman. Uh, she's, a very, she's a very wonderful lady, and uh, we wish you all the very, very best and Godspeed and good health and a great marriage. I also know that you're a baseball fan. So what do you think about all this trauma surrounding the Dodgers? Do you think we're ever going to get it back? I do. But I what do you think? think it's a great example of leadership. When the O'Malley's owned and ran the Dodgers, it was a class act both in Brooklyn 
and out here. And you got some owners that did not have the right values and did not have the right attitude. And it shows you how you can screw up a great franchise. I mean, that, that, that franchise is an icon in America, in the world. I mean, Absolutely. you can travel any place and you see an L.A. Dodger hat. Absolutely. And for that to happen. But, you know, but what's really exciting to me is that all the folks that are interested in rebuying the team yes. all have a heart here in Los Angeles County, yes. all have a heart for the Dodgers, either playing or former owners or former managers. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity to grab it back. And hopefully one of those groups – will be the competitive bid that wins and not somebody else that wants to come in and move it, take from it, or move it someplace else. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I mean, we went through the trauma of the Anaheim Angels going to the Los Angeles Angels. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Mr. Moreno is committed to his team and to the community, and we need an owner like that here in Los a Angeles as well, too. Absolutely. So here you are, 20 years later. Did you really think it was going to happen? Did, when you started out, did you really think it was going to last 20 years? You know, I never thought about it, Don. I was just trying to get the show back on the air the next month, the next month, struggling financially and otherwise feeding it for years and years. And uh, I never had a long-term goal. The goal was just to stay on the air and somehow get some money to keep it on the air. Well, you've done a marvelous job. You should be proud of the product that you have in Straight Talk, the 20 years of survival in this media market. Uh, and the people you've been already talked to, we're proud of you. We thank you, and uh, we will be back in a moment after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Welcome back. And this is the moment in time that Art Levine's severely worried about. This is commentary. <laughs> uh, he spent a lot of time over the years talking about different issues and commentary 
for his shows. Uh, I just wanted to take this brief moment to thank Art for 20 years on the air with Straight Talk and touching the lives of many, many people uh, and informing people. Uh, you know, he's very big on ethics and values, and his program has really followed that. And uh, I think that it's a fun time to uh, say congratulations. And one last thing to he and Diane, we wish them the very, very best, a good health, a great marriage, and uh, we'll be back someday, and I'll be in this chair again interviewing Art Levine. We thank you all. God bless you all. God bless America. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. Since 1921, the Long Beach Lions Club have been crusading to help the vision health of every person by providing care and supplies to eye clinics all over Long Beach, including the American Red Cross in times of crisis. Become a Long Beach Lion and make a difference every day in our community. For more information on how you can help, contact the Long Beach Lions Club today.